rather doubt that dreams foretell your future. But clearly, dreams can reveal stresses you're under. Sometimes those dreams provide your subconscious mind with a path to provide a solution. More often, it seems, they show the landscape of what's troubling you. More than once, when serving as the commanding general of the Illinois National Guard during a time of frequent combat deployments, I awoke at 3 a.m. to hurriedly scribble down a quick note to take care of a problem that passed through my sleep cycle. Even worse, I'd tap out a quick email on my phone and hit send, ruining the rest of the night for the poor staff officer who received my early morning missive. I soon learned to tell my staff there was no need to respond immediately to one of those emails. It was just my way of ensuring that I didn't forget what was on my mind. Scant solace to those whose sleep was ruined by a boss's overactive dream life. My most memorable dream of that five-year period of my life came when I awoke with the nagging sense that I had little idea of what the guard's plans were when an earthquake hits the New Madrid Fault. Although the evening news frequently features California earthquakes, Illinois earthquakes are seldom heard about. Small ones occasionally rattle the china or shake the window blinds in southern Illinois, but little damage is done, life goes on, and little attention paid. Pacific Rim quakes occur far more frequently and with greater damage, all for geologic reasons beyond my high school knowledge of the subject. The New Madrid Fault named for the small southeastern Missouri boot-heel town it's centered there, when it does move, does so with devastating force. The last time it triggered a major earthquake, in the early 1800s, it caused church bells to ring in Philadelphia, created lakes, and caused the Mississippi River to run backwards for weeks. The areas impacted, Missouri, Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky, and my home of southern Illinois, were sparsely populated and little developed then. Today, river commerce on the Mississippi, Ohio, and Missouri rivers carries grain to the world. Coal, chemicals, fertilizer, oil, and raw materials to factories, refineries, farms, and processing plants in our industrial heartland, and to ocean-going cargo ships for shipment throughout the world. Tens of millions of people now live in once sparsely populated areas, including major metropolitan areas such as St. Louis, Memphis, and Little Rock. Oh yeah, let's not forget the environmental catastrophe waiting to happen with chemical plants and oil refineries sitting next to the Mississippi River. Did I mention the human toll that would result from the toxic gases that could be released over major metropolitan areas should an earthquake breach those chemical plants? One of the things the military is good at is planning. We have plans for floods, blizzards, tornadoes, not to mention war. A few hours after my 3 a.m. email, The staff briefed me on the contingency plans on how we'd respond to a devastating earthquake in southern Illinois. Good to know. A few weeks later, I was scheduled to brief the National Guard leadership in Washington, D.C. I began my briefing. The nightmare that wakes me up at 3 a.m. is an earthquake on the New Madrid Fall. The three-star general receiving the briefing asked, What's the New Madrid Fault? Sometimes there's a reason you have those nightmares. As I've grown older, the context of bad dreams has changed. They weren't always as serious as an earthquake threatening tens of millions of lives. As a high school sophomore, I played fullback on the Sandwich Indians high school football team. 
We lived in an old two-story white clapboard rental farmhouse a couple of miles north of town, owned by John Fraser. All of the bedrooms in the drafty old place were upstairs. Mine at the end of the pine-floored landing at the top of the stairs. The east-facing windows overlooked the farmhand's house across the blacktop road. We'd moved there from a tiny two-bedroom rental in Florida. So the house built a couple of generations before for the large farm families, common in the early 20th century, was sparsely furnished. My large corner room contained but a single bunk bed. My brother had its mate in his room next to mine. A two-drawer dresser and a two-shelf bookcase my father had made finished the furnishings. That hand-varnished pine case sits now in my younger son's law office. Filled now with law books, back then it contained my collection of Mark Twain, Ernest Hemingway, and other classics my parents had bought me from a monthly student book club. Although there wasn't money for new cars or much else, there was always money to buy books. We'd been living in this sparsely furnished country place for a year that September. My dad worked night shift at Caterpillar as a union factory worker. He left each afternoon in our 10-year-old stick shift four-door sedans forward. The door lock on the left rear passenger door was stuck shut. So I made my younger brother sit on that side, while I had the freedom to exit first, forcing him to slide across the seat after me. Ah, the indignities of being the younger brother. I went to sleep that Thursday night thinking about Friday's football game, the first one I would play in. The next thing I knew, I was in a pitch-black railroad tunnel, the headlight of an oncoming locomotive bearing down on me. I tore at the walls, trying to escape the tunnel and the onrushing train. The overhead light burst on, awakening me as my dad yelled, What the hell is going on? The bookcase overturned, books scattered all about the room. In my frenzy to escape the tunnel, I jumped out of bed, overturned the bookcase, and scattered the hardback books everywhere. Startled awake by my dad's outcry and the light, I realized I'd been escaping a nightmare. I had a bad dream, I said. Go back to bed. You can pick this up in the morning, came his reply. My amateur psychoanalysis of that dream is that the on-rushing train must have represented the defensive lineman coming at me the next day. Probably a good thing that we didn't have email-capable cell phones in those days. (laughs) 